Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. We, in our previous message entitled, I Choose to Believe, we learned that Mary made the decision to believe the messenger of God. It was not the ideal situation because remember Mary was about to get married and when she was getting ready to get married, an angel appeared to her and said, you're going to have a child. She said, how will we have a child? I don't even know a man, which is kind of interesting because you're getting ready to get married. We brought that point up the other day. Um, and, of course, she said, the Holy Spirit going to come upon you, and you will have a child. We, in my opinion, Mary did not fully understand everything that was going to happen to her because, remember, when Gabriel came, he didn't bring no scripture reference. He didn't bring no example because there was no example to bring. Mary was somebody that's getting ready to experience a life-altering event that changed her life for the better. And she said, let it be to me according to your word. And, of course, in that process, she fulfilled her purpose, her God-given assignment, which is to become the mother of Jesus. She fulfilled her purpose. And many of us, many times, we believe God. When we fulfill our purpose, we will, fulfill, excuse me, we will do what God has instructed us to do. And, and this true, one thing we, that really stood out to me in, from that message was when you fulfill your purpose, it'll help you go through the different trials of life as you fulfill your purpose. I remember Mary didn't go to a hospital. She had the baby in the manger. She also, too, had to travel a long way to, because of the census that was going on. But yet she still stayed true to what God had called for her to do. And we must do the same. We must stay true to what God has called for her to do. Now, today we want to pick up uh, before uh, Gabriel went to visit Mary, he went to visit uh, a man named Zacharias. Zacharias is going to be known as John the Baptist's father. And let's look at uh, Luke chapter 1 and verse 5. There were the days of Herod, the king of Judah, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the dolls of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. So we see that, uh, first of all, we look at learning about Zacharias. Zacharias was going to be, he didn't know it this time, when we, you read this, the father of John the Baptist. John the Baptist um, is going to be one of the forerunner, what they call, of Jesus. Very unique situation, which we will get into tonight. And let me say this to you. When I studied this first time, uh, I'll be honest with you, I didn't see what I'm going to share with you tonight. Uh, I've learned that God has a lot of grace and a lot of mercy on each and one of us. And I see that when I look at Zacharias. Um, when I show it to you as we get into tonight's message. Let's go a little further. So we pick up here in verse 6. <clears throat> And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. So we see that he was married. Zacharias was a priest. And his wife's name was Elizabeth. Now, Elizabeth is actually the uh, uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus' relative. Um, some Bible translations say he, they were cousins, but they were kin. And remember later on, after uh, Gabriel visited uh, Mary, she went to see Elizabeth, and that's when John was filled with the Holy Spirit when they went and visited one another. And so they were both considered righteous before God, walking in all commandments and ordinance of the Lord, blameless according to what we just read in Luke chapter 1, verse 6. They were approved by God, acceptable and innocent. It's interesting, Luke describes them as individuals, as righteous, approved, acceptable, and innocent. Of course, when we say innocent, that means that we've been forgiven of our sins, not our righteousness, but his righteousness. And we thank God for that. And we go a little further here because there's a lot in this I want to get to. And I want to keep you here not too long, praise God. So let's go a little further. But they had no child because, verse, excuse me, Luke chapter 1, verse 7. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and they both were well advanced in years. Now, that's an interesting point 
that you need to take note of because this is going to come up a little bit later why this is so significant. While Luke wrote this in this particular verse, they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well advanced in years. Now, you must understand that no matter what you go through in life, God knows your situation. He knows whatever you're dealing with. He knows what your limits are. He knows what you can do and what you can't do, which is good to me because that lets me know that God is relatable to me. He understands what I'm going through. The Bible tells in the book of Hebrews, he is not a God who cannot be touched by our feelings or our infirmities. So in verse 8, so it was while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot failed to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. So you see here he is performing his priestly duties. He's doing because it's his turn, but it basically means it was his turn to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And in verse 10, and the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. Then, in verse 11, then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense. So we see here as Zacharias was fulfilling his priestly duties and he was doing what he was supposed to do, an angel of the Lord appeared before him. An angel there means messenger from God a spiritual being. He appeared before him as we see in Luke chapter 1, verse 11. We conclude that we must remain open. When we talk about a messenger of God, we must remain open to hear from God appointed messenger, messenger, even in the midst of serving. Even in the midst of serving. Because he was doing what he was supposed to do, but An angel appeared to him. A messenger appeared before him. He was doing what he was supposed to do, but the angel appeared before him. And and those were happening in Luke chapter 1, verse 12. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. Interesting that when he saw the angel, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. Why do you find it interesting, Pastor Dobbs? Because you remember when Mary saw the angel, the Bible says nothing about when she saw it, fear came upon her. One thing that I I saw the difference between the two is she saw the same angel, Gabriel, which we'll find out a little bit later. And she did not get afraid when she saw him. But Zacharias, when she saw him, was saw him. He was troubled. And fear fell upon him. So he was troubled. He was agitated. I like one definition that, especially that it talks about here, inward commotion. Many times, if you're not careful, when you're dealing with God, inward commotion will take place. And what's interesting about inward commotion, many times people can't see inward commotion. People can't see when you're being agitated or you're troubled in certain areas of your life. Outside people can't see it, but God knows it's in your life. He knows that sometimes that you have inward commotion. Another definition I like is remove calmness. He may have been calm. He might have been comfortable in doing what he did, but there was he was troubled when he saw the angel. And when he saw the angel, not only was he troubled, Fear came upon him as well. Fear in this particular case is terror and dread fell upon him as Luke 1 and 12 tells us. In my opinion, when we hear a God-ordained message, it can cause a wide range of emotions to take place, especially when it deals with giving, fasting, forgiving, submitting, even connecting as one. Sometimes when people hear words uh, about fasting, there was an inward commotion that takes place. Because why? They trouble them. It troubles them. Sometimes people, when it comes to giving, an inward commotion takes place. Not that um, giving is wrong. It's just an inward commotion takes place. Uh, Sometimes when people hear messages about submitting, because of previous dealings in life, an inward commotion will take place. Even when it comes to connecting, unless we're connecting with people we want to connect to, there could be an inward commotion that takes place. 
And in this particular case, we see that when Zacharias saw the angel, he had he was troubled and he feared. But I want you to notice something about this. And let me say this to you. It was no surprise to the angel that he was troubled and fear fell upon him. You ever notice that when God sends a message, how you react does not surprise God. He knows how you're going to react quicker than you do because he's a God. He knows the beginning from the ending. And so he's not afraid when you act in certain ways. He doesn't, he, he doesn't get mad. He's like, okay, I knew they were going to act like that. Let me give him a word. That's why verse 13 comes up and says, but the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias. Do not be afraid, Zacharias. So he told him not to be afraid. Don't be scared and don't be put to flight. Don't don't run from what about I'm about to tell you. Don't get scared. Don't leave what God is about to proclamate in your life. And and now let me say something to you that I'm going to say this for later, but this feel led to say it now. One thing about God, and that when I was studying this, that really, and I didn't put, write it down, but I just want you to hear it. Um, sooner or later, God's going to tell you something that's going to agitate you or say something to you. That's going to challenge your faith to go to another level. Why do you say it, Pastor Dallas? Because if your life just worked smooth all the time, and, you don't, and your faith wasn't challenged in some way or another, how would your faith grow, and how would your faith mature? But God is a God, and I, I was thinking about this. From this point here, God is a God. You read all throughout scripture. God will drop something in your life that will challenge you to grow and to mature in in your spirit. That's God. I mean, God will put something in your life like you may get opportunity to get promoted. And God will say, this is your opportunity to get promoted. And you say, "Whoo, that seems like and that's what God say. OK, don't be afraid. Sometimes God would challenge you with a new uh, challenge in life, and then you see it, you're like, whoo, and he'll say, don't be afraid. Sometimes God will challenge you, even in your giving, he says, and you're like, whoo, I don't want to give that much. He says, do not be afraid. Sometimes God will challenge you in witnessing. Go talk to this person or that person, and then you're like, whoo, I don't want to do that. He says, do not be afraid. Because he will challenge you in where you at in your walk with Christ. Well, I love that about God. Because you know what, what he lets me know? He wants us to mature. He wants us to grow up. He don't want us to be on that same level we were at the beginning of 2019 up to 2020. He said, you know what? I want you to grow and mature and to be all that I call for you to be. And I love that because he go, he don't like to see none of his children remain on that same level. But we as parents now, we don't want our children to remain in the fifth grade for five years. Now, we want our children to what? To mature and to grow up. Is that right? So in turn, God, you know God is a better parent than any of us natural parents in here. And you know God wants his children to grow up. And so I was thinking about this when I saw this. He And, and when, when I read this, it, it struck out to me. He, he knew that Zacharias was going to be trouble and fear was going to come upon him. Now, when I used to read this, and in fact, when I first studied this, I studied, and I must admit, I had to repent, I studied from a negative standpoint. But when I looked at it from the eyes of grace and mercy, I said, God, you know what? You knew that Zacharias was going to be troubled and fear was going to fall upon him. And then you told him, do not be afraid, Zacharias. And notice how he says this, for your prayer is heard. Your prayer is heard. And when you see something like this, as spirit-free believers, it's critical that we pray. One thing about Zacharias, he must have had a genuine prayer life. He must have had faith that his, well, let me say this to you. I believe he had faith enough to pray, but remember, he had been a long time because Elizabeth was barren. And sometimes, very, some things you really want in life, God may delay them for a while just to see where you are spiritually. But never think that God has forgotten about your prayers. Never think that God has forgotten about what you have submitted into his presence. And remember, uh, even in the book of Acts, when, uh, oh yeah, when they were praying, and the Bible says that your prayers have come before, uh, almost before God. 
That man had prayed so much that his prayers had came before God, and God had stepped in and said, you know, I'm going to talk to your prayers. And that's when one of the Gentiles got saved in the book of Acts. Well, you know, God has not forgotten your prayers. God knows that you are praying, and he has not forgotten your prayer. In fact, this is interesting to me. He knew, uh, excuse me, Gabriel was so specific about one of his most earnest prayers. He says, notice what he says here in this text. For your prayers heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. Boy, that's, that's specific right there. He didn't say, you finna have a child. He said, listen, you finna have a son. Your wife could not have children. Remember we read that earlier? But now she get ready to have a child. You pray, and I'm finna answer your prayer. Isn't it amazing when you come into a sanctuary on a Sunday and a Wednesday, you are praying a prayer that you ain't told nobody, and God just come all all of a sudden through through the messenger and tells you what thus saith the Lord. And you're like, how did he know that I prayed this prayer right here? Because God knows your prayers. The, listen, me as the pastor, I don't have to know. But long as God knows, and he says, listen, bigger is here and bigger is coming. Woo, that's what I was looking for right there. I've been giving God and I've been giving. And, and then there's a message says, your giving is not in vain. Woo, thank you, Lord, right there. Because sometimes your heart desire is on the heart of God. And God said, I've been to meet that need. And God was sent a messenger to let you know that God has not forgotten your prayers. He has not forgotten the prayers of your family members. He has not forgotten the prayers of the help of your body. He has not forgotten the prayers of your promotion or your raise. He has not forgotten the prayers of your financial situation. He has not forgotten the prayers of whatever you're dealing with right now. He has not. Tell somebody God has not forgotten your prayers. Ooh, good God. I'm sorry, I got a little bit sorry right there. We got a lot of scripture to cover, so let's go, little father. Go beg your son. You should call his name John. And notice in verse 14, when you have this son named John, now all this is taking place. Now remember now, he went to the sanctuary to fulfill his priestly duties. Nobody's in there except him and all of a sudden the angel's there. As he is sitting there with this angel, the angel's having a conversation with John. And the angel says to him, you finna have a your wife, Elizabeth, is going to bear you a son, and you're going to call his name John, in verse 14, and you will have joy and gladness. And many will rejoice at his birth. Notice that when the angel said, when you have this baby, he says, many were going to have joy and gladness. Joy and gladness. Zacharias, when you have this child, people are going to be have, be happy when you have this child. They're going to have great joy. They also going to be elated and full of enjoyment. See, a rich word can cause fear and trouble, but that same message will bring happiness and enjoyment. What we hear and apply, when we hear and apply the word of God, it testifies to others that our thinking, our actions, and our situations have changed for the better. And just like it did for John, excuse me, Zacharias, excuse me, that's Zacharias. Changed the word, that's the wrong word. Zacharias and Elizabeth. It changed for the better. It changed for the better. So notice, even the angel said, when you have this child, the other people are going to be happy. That people around you are going to be full of joy. That other people around you are going to be elated. Other people are going to be excited about what you're doing. I thought about this. When we get delivered, people should be happy about our deliverance. You know, some people are mad because you get delivered, but they're actually some people happy you say. There's some people happy that you're on the Lord's side. There's some people that are elated because you are doing what is right. Because you used to be something else. Take it day, but you used to be something else. Ooh, 
Hey, you used to be something else. But now people are happy about your deliverance. People are happy about your protection. People are happy about your prosperity. I'm glad to be in the midst of folks that are happy about my deliverance. Happy about my prosperity. Happy about me no longer being a sinner. Walking by faith and not by sight. Happy about the fact that I'm a give and shall be given unto me. Happy about the fact that I love Jesus and I love other people. Happy about the fact that I'll come to church every Sunday. Happy about the fact that I do what's right according to Scripture. They're happy. Listen, some people are not happy, but there are those who are happy. They're excited about what God is doing in your life. They are elated that you are born again. They are actually happy about the fact that you come to church on a Wednesday. Listen, you used to be a midnight rambler, but you no longer midnight ramble. You do what's right according to the scriptures. You used to, you used to shoot. And you used to, but God has saved you and people are happy about it. This is what I see in this text. The word coming to pass in Zacharias and Elizabeth life. People are going to be happy. And elated. Oh, we, and in fact, I thank God that many of you in this sanctuary, even though it may not happen to you, you're glad to see other people get blessed. What I like about this text is even the angel knew the other people were excited about Elizabeth having a child after so long she had tried and tried and tried. They were happy about it. I am so glad that many people in this sanctuary, when you get blessed, people are happy about your blessing. Oh, they're happy about to see you coming out of debt. They're happy to see you getting your heart desire. They're happy to see you going on vacation. They're happy to see you, amen, no longer, amen, dealing with fear, but you're walking in faith. They're happy to see you no longer dealing with oppression and depression, but you're walking in the fullness of God. They are happy about it. And they were happy about Elizabeth. He said, they're going to be happy about your pregnancy. Excuse me, yeah, your son John coming to the earth. Isn't that wonderful though when people are happy? It's good to know that people get happy when you do what's right about God. Did, did you know that everybody's going to be happy about your walk with Christ? But it's good to be in the midst of folks that are happy about your relationship with Jesus. And God, thank God, he's helping us celebrate with the people. Now, let's go a little bit further. For you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. Verse, verse 15. For he will be great. Notice this. John will be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. Look at what's happening in John's life. Look at what's happening. God's message has a way of delivering the word and the man that teaches us who we are in him. Even though John wasn't there, but Zacharias and Elizabeth, or excuse me, Zacharias more specifically, heard what the angel said about John. He said he will be great. He's going to be highly esteemed. He's going to have power. He is going to operate in authority, more specifically, godly authority. And I like this part, in the sight of the Lord. What's me in the sight of the Lord? In the presence of God. I was, it, when I thought about this from a standpoint that even wherever John did, he was going to be in the presence of God. I don't know about you, but it's good to know that when people are going to do what they do, they're going to do it in the presence of God. They're going to do it before the Lord. And I believe that's truly why he would not drink wine or strong drink, because he was going to live his life in God's presence. I tell you, your, your life will be different when you choose to live in the presence of God. Your life will be fulfilled when you choose to live in the presence of God. And I love that about John. John, in fact, John didn't even hear it, but Zacharias heard it. He said, my son is not going to drink strong drink, 
wine or strong drink. My son is going to be great in the sight of the Lord. He's going to spend time in the presence of God. That's powerful right now. And of course, as far as we know, that's what John did. But most importantly to me, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit from his mama's womb. He was going to have, uh, he was going to be filled, and I like this, there's going to be no, he's going to be filled to there's no more space except the Holy Ghost influencing his life. John was going to be influenced by the Holy Spirit. And he's going to be, he's going to be filled to the point that he, he won't be able to take anything else. That he will be influenced by the Holy Spirit. Just like Zacharias received spiritual insight on who John was in Christ, we must value the revelation that comes from our pastor to avoid believing the enemy of man, what man may say, that, 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 excuse me, that tried to live according to man's standards. In other words, what are you saying, Pastor Dobbs? I'm saying this, that because that John, excuse me, Zacharias knew who John was. I believe it's like he said in the book of Proverbs, train up a child the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart. I believe it's just like he said here when he told him that John was going to be filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. And, of course, he was when the cousin Mary, who had Jesus on the inside of her, came into the room with John. Amen. They were somehow divinely connected to the point that John was filled with the Holy Ghost. Before he even came out the womb. Before he came out the womb. And so he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And so John got some valuable insight into who his son was. And let me say this to you. When you get valuable insight to who you are, you will not let the enemy tell you anything different. Because the enemy will try to tell you lies like you can't, you will not amount to anything. You will not make it in this life. You got this sickness. You got this disease. You are, you're going by the, the statistics of the day, but you got to know you're more than a conqueror in Christ. That God can do all things through Christ and strengthen you. You will not fall. Listen, I, I, I listen all the time when they say that, that certain people are going to have certain things. And I'm like, no, that's not going to be me. And you got to make up your mind. That's not going to be you. You got to go what Christ says about you. You can't let the enemy dictate to you what he thinks about you. You got to understand who you are in Christ and walk in that. That's why it's imperative that you come and receive God from the messenger week in and week out. Amen. What thus saith the Lord. So you'll know who you are in Christ and you will operate therein. Because when you listen, when you stay away from when you, excuse me, when you miss the word, you let the enemy uh, dictate to you who you are in Christ. And that's what's sad. Many people, and you can be in the church, but still not know who you are in Christ. Because you're not receiving what thus saith the Lord. You're not following God's plan for your life. Just like John had a plan. Listen, what is the plan for your life? You got to know it through Christ. You got to know it through the messenger. You got to know it because the messenger gave the plan for John's life, gave it to his father, Zechariah. But yet John walked in that and he fulfilled that. What about us? Or we allow the enemy talk us out of who we are in Christ. Well, we tell us, all, well, he say, listen, you're going to die at 45. No, you don't say, no, that's not going to be me. I'm following the plan of God. He'll say you'll be broke all the days of your life. Whoo, that's not gonna be me. I'm gonna follow the plan of God. You know, sometimes the enemy say, You will never go on vacation. You will never leave the state of Georgia. You're like, ooh, that's not gonna be me. I'm gonna follow the plan of God. And when you follow the plan of God, let me tell you something, God will give you your heart desire. See, the enemy can't lie to you when you know who you are in Christ. The enemy cannot lie to you when you follow the plan of God. Of Christ. Let's go and read a little bit more about this particular text. Let's go down to verse 16. And he, now notice, this is all about John. This is all about John. The angel has came and told Zacharias, I heard your prayer and your wife, Elizabeth, who was barren, we read it a little bit earlier, you can read it, good to have a son. Woo-wee. Call his name John. John it's going to be a special child. And John is going to bring happiness to many people that hear about your Elizabeth's uh, pregnancy and birth. And not only that, 
In verse 16, he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord, their God. Woo. When you got an assignment like this, let me just add, this is not a part of the message, but let me, I thought about this just now. When you got an assignment by God, don't think the enemy just going to let you do it without some struggle. You might want to put that down and mark that in your book, baby. You don't think he will not allow you, excuse me, he will not allow you to do it without some type of struggle. I thought about this. We read about John a little bit later. Y'all know that John's ministry was in the desert? His literal church was in the desert. I mean, you know, think about this. The Bible said he ate locusts and wild honey. All of this stemmed from this prophecy right here. Because one thing about it, God will show you your end, but he, one thing I've learned about God, he will not show you every little turn within it. In other words, you got to walk by faith and not by what? Sight. You got to remember Abram? Abraham, I'm going to show you where you're going. What do you mean when you're going to show me, God? What city am I going to? Nah, he just said, follow me. Notice, walking by faith, not by what? When you follow Jesus, you're going to walk by faith, not by sight. And it's a decision you have to make. So in John fulfilling his assignment, he would turn many of the children to the Lord as he proclaimed this particular scripture. I like this turn because he's going to bring them back. He's going to cause them to repent. What I believe that John had was, was a message that caused people to repent and to turn back to God. To repent and turn back to God. His message, the Bible says actually that later on, that John had the message of repentance. Where did he get it from? This prophecy right here. One thing about it, I don't know if Zacharias or Elizabeth taught him, but you know, uh, the message was clear that, hey, when John preaches, he's going to have a message that's going to turn the hearts of the children back to me. And the Bible says later on that John had the message of repentance. When we know who we are in Christ and our reasonable being, we become eager to spread the good news of Christ. And that's one thing about John. John was eager to spread the message of Christ. And he was good at it, too. In fact, he was so good at it. Uh, I won't go into all detail, but long story kind of short, he was so good that he got folks upset in high places. It didn't turn out well for him in the end. But the thing was, he did what he was supposed to do. And he did what he was supposed to do. And one beautiful thing about it, John was raised up to baptize Jesus. Ooh-wee. Boy, isn't it wonderful? You, you preaching your whole time for years, and all of a sudden, Jesus come walking up to you. So I need, listen, and you look at him and say, oh, you need to baptize me. He said, no, you must baptize me in order for the scripture to be fulfilled. And John baptized Jesus. Can you imagine? See, one encounter with God can change your life for the better. You never know what God has called for you to do. Look, don't never get called, well, I ain't did this and I ain't did that. You don't know when Jesus is going to walk into your situation. And help you to walk into a greater destiny, into a greater purpose. Well, Pastor, I, I, I'm only doing this right here. Oh, don't never think I'm just doing this right here when it comes to God. Because you never know. Listen, think about this. I don't know how many times, the Bible doesn't say, how many times Zacharias had been going in and doing his priestly duties. But he did he know that, that one day an angel was going to show up. I imagine kind of scared him when he saw him. Well, what you... Because he went used to it. Remember, when he went into did his priestly duty, he was by himself. He probably did it time and time again. But now he, the angel appeared to him. And notice, he not disappeared to him. He has given him some valuable insight into his life as well as his son's life who hadn't even been born yet. Boy, that's so powerful to me. You never know. Oh, thank you, Lord. You never know when God will give you valuable insight through a message about your life. You never know when God is going to drop something in your spirit. One service, just one service can change your life for the better. It could, that one service could be like, look, it's just like the Holy Spirit just, just dropping stuff into your spirit. 
That's why you need to come with the spirit of expectation because you never know when God is going to call your name. I say call your name out specifically, but there's just a message. The Holy Spirit is that, you know what? I got all these people in here, but I'm going to call. I'm going to minister to this person right here. Boom. And there it is right there. And God going to drop something in your spirit, download something in your spirit that will change your life for the better. Because, listen, I've been in churches long enough to know that God can choose any message he wants to to change your life for the better. Do you remember in the scripture where the man, where Jesus was going around from church to church ministering? And then one day the lady that was had something going on in her body came to the service and she just happened to come to the one service that, that the Bible talks about that Jesus was ministering. And you know what happened in that service? That woman got healed in that one service. Listen, she might have been to 20, 30, 50 services before. But that once, think about it, if she would have missed that one service that Jesus had her name on. And when she got in there, God healed her body. And, and, and the Bible talks about, it doesn't really say how long, but she had been dealing with something for a minute. And the Bible says that she was healed. Let me say this to you. One service can change your life for the better. As we say bigger is here and bigger is coming. Who knows? Could this be the service that God drops in your in your spirit that this is your day? Oh, you think something to happen? You think it's going to happen in 2020. But I, God may say to you in 2019, I'm going to drop this in your spirit. Oh, you think it will happen in 2021, 2022, because the experts say this is when it's supposed to take place. But no, God said before that happens, I'm going to do something for you. That eyes have not seen, nor ears heard, nor needs to enter the man the heart, into the hearts of man the thing that God has prepared for his spirit people. Do you know that God is working some stuff out on your behalf right now? I'm sorry, you can't even see it with your natural eyes, but God is working on something for your on your behalf right now. You say, Pastor, I don't see it coming. You ain't got to see it coming, just like he didn't see it coming, but God knows it's coming. You just got to stay in faith. Tell somebody, stay in faith. Stay in faith. Stay. Don't you get weary and well doing. Don't get start a doubt. Don't stop not believing. Don't stop hearing the word of God because who knows it could be just that close. Oh, let me get back. I'm sorry. I get excited about the word. And so he says, I'm going to prepare a pe- people that's ready. Prepare people. And that's why it is imperative that when uh, he also, when God makes people ready, how does he make people ready? He's going to prepare the minds and men of men and women to receive Christ. He's going to prepare or make people ready to receive Christ. We should constantly share God's word in and out of the church to get and keep people ready to receive Jesus at a greater level. We should be people that help people receive God at a greater level. Some of us are mature saints. Some of us act like we're not mature, but we're more mature than what we say we are. As long as we share the gospel. One thing I've learned, and I, I wasn't always the greatest at this, and I'm still working on it. I have found the worst thing to do is not to share. When God leads you to share, I've learned God will give you. I, I just get scriptures I, I I thought I barely knew. <laughs> would come up in my mind. I'm like, ooh, that's pretty good. And I will say it. And, I, and I'll be honest, I went back later and couldn't even hardly quote the same scripture I quoted just then in a conversation. Because I knew God was using me to get something to somebody. Never underestimate that God cannot use you to share his word. God will use you to share his word. Well, Pastor, I don't know what to say. The Bible said that's why the Holy Spirit is there, to, to, to help you and to show you what to say. He not Listen, he just wants you to be the vessel. He's not relying on you to know all the scriptures in that particular situation. He just wants you to be the vessel to share so my job is to share. My job is to share the good news of Jesus Christ. My job is to do it. I may not have all the answers, but I know who does. And when I don't know, I say, you know what? God knows them. I know who does have all the answers. Because sometimes people are going to ask you questions. You're not going to have all the answers to. But you do know it's the Savior who does have answers. And you, But one thing you do know, that Jesus loves people. He loves people. My God, he loves people. He loves people. So now we go on in verse 17. 
He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. And this will be into the wisdom of the just to make ready people prepared for the Lord. So he's making people ready. He's making people ready. He's preparing the minds of men and women to receive Christ. He's preparing the people. Now, going to verse 18. And this is where it takes a turn. And Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. Oh, Lord, Zacharias. God just told you that your wife, Elizabeth, is getting ready to have a child. The messenger of God had just proclamated what you've been praying for. I mean, do you notice how specific he was? And all of a sudden, Zechariah said, Hi, I'm an old man. How can this thing happen to me? Isn't it like us, some of God proclamate, you're going to be a millionaire. You're like, I ain't got but 22 cents in my pocket. How can this thing be? God said, you get ready to win the loss to Jesus. And you're talking about, I'm shy. I don't even like talking to people. You get ready to do something great for the kingdom. And you're like, man, I'm not even that. My faith ain't that strong where it should be at. What we start doing, making excuses. Notice in verse 18, and Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. Now, let me say something to you. Zechariah's one line. He was old. His wife was well advanced in years. Because that's what they said early in the scripture, right? Luke recorded it. He went lying. But don't you know that, that, watch this, don't you know Gabriel knew this before he brought the message? Don't you think that he knew what was going on before he brought the message? Don't you think before God gave it to Gabriel to bring it to him, he knew that this man was old and his wife was well advanced in years? When God tells you something, don't you think God knows your situation? When God drops something in your DNA, don't you think God knows what you're dealing with right now? Don't you think that God knows that you say, I don't have this or I don't do this or I don't do that? Don't you think God knows that? But notice what the text says. I, for I know this, for I am an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. God knew that. That's why Zechariah's level of faith in this particular text revealed he began to question the messenger based on his belief, based on his past, based on what he dealt with, based on what he knew, based on what he thought about the situation. And you can't base your life based on what you know. Until you know what God knows. God knows your past better than you do. God knows what you, listen, God knows what you thought about doing before you, and you might not have did it, but he knows you thought about doing it, and he still loves you. God knows you, and yet he still wants to use you. Isn't that wonderful to know? That God knows what you thought about doing, but didn't have the money to do it, but God loved you enough anyway to say, I still want to use you. What I've learned in, 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 in my, what I've learned and what I'm still learning is this. God's looking for willing vessels. A lot of folks on the sideline criticizing, but who's willing to get in and do something about it? Who is willing to do what God has instructed them to do? Because God, listen, there are a lot of folks that sit around, uh, talk faith, but how many put their faith into action? How many people put their faith into action? And you know what I, what I thought about this? I'm read 19 and going down because to me it just really, because I took it almost from the wrong standpoint. And I learned that God is merciful and he has a lot of grace. How many know God's merciful? I mean, how many believe God's merciful? How many, that, uh, the definition I'm using for merciful is this, you don't get everything you deserve. Why don't you notice verse 19? And the angel answered and said, it wasn't good now. I'm Gabriel. 
who stands in the presence of God. Now, I'm, I'm letting you know real quickly. I'm Gabriel, the angel who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place. Because watch this. You did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. Isn't that something? Gabriel, excuse me, Zacharias had prayed. Say, Lord, I want a child. Elizabeth Baron, and now that messenger is both the message. You've been to have a child. The very thing you've been praying for. How did, how did the angel know he'd been praying for a child? He knew it had to be something special, right? So now he's going to have a child. That's what the messenger said. All of a sudden, he gets there. He said, I don't believe you, God. Long story short. And when he didn't believe it, Boom, his mouth was shut closed. His mouth was shut closed. Now, if that was if that was the end of the story, that might be one thing. See, that's why in my opinion, Gabriel discerned that Zechariah's confidence was not where it should be. It went where it should be. I believe that. It went where it should be. You don't believe in the word of God. And a God ordained shepherd can discern when we are doubting. Sometimes I can discern when you're doubting. I'm not God. I don't know everybody in here. But this is true. That's why many times in a congregation, we begin to preach certain things about certain situations to help build our faith in where we're at. So therefore, I want you to know something though in verse 20, where 20? 19, But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day that these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. Verse 21, and the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. But when he came out, he could not speak to them, and they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned to them and remained speechless. Now, I don't know when uh, Zacharias repented and asked God to forgive him, and he got on board to what was happening, but I do know this in verse 23. So it was, as soon as the days of his service were completed, that he departed to his own house, verse 24, and after those days his wife Elizabeth conceived. Hallelujah to God. Now, hold on now. This man did not believe his, his mouth was shut. Couldn't talk. If he wanted, you could have laid hands. You could have used all the oil in the, in the uh, grocery store. It wouldn't, have, it wouldn't have opened up his mouth because God had shut his mouth. But you know what happened, though? Even in the midst of his mouth being shut, he started to believe. How you know, Pastor? Because Elizabeth conceived. Notice this. He started out in unbelief, but something changed along the way. Notice, I thought about this too. You notice God didn't even change his mind about using Zacharias, did he? That to some of us, oh, I can't use you because you don't believe. But notice God's merciful and how graceful he is. He started out in unbelief, but notice now, he is in faith now. He is, I said, okay, oh, you suffering to have a child. Well, boom. He went to work. Elizabeth conceived or she became pregnant. Notice her, his, their faith went from unbelief. His faith went from unbelief to what? Belief. And many of us can hear, you can start out in unbelief. And I thought about this from this standpoint. Many of us can hear a word from God. A word of deliverance. A word God going to heal our body. God going to give you your heart's desire. That he's going to do it seemingly abundantly above. And we may start out in unbelief, but don't stay there. Hear the word of God, apply it in your life, and operate in faith. And God will change your life for the better. Notice this. They started out. I may have started in unbelief, but now I choose to believe. And let me close these last few marks. Many of us. It probably started out in some area. Because you know God's going to bring something to your life that's going to challenge you. That is who God is. You might well, well, Pastor, I'm always going to stay in faith. You're good. You're good. Because some spirit, God going to bring something up to all of us in this sanctuary. You know, sometimes he'll bring up, I want you to go witness to so-and-so. Woo! I don't know about that God. I might can witness to this person, but what about that person? God may tell you to go witness God may tell you, I want you to give a certain amount of offer this Sunday. Not your tithes, but a certain amount of offer. Woo! That might challenge you a little bit. 
God may tell you, I need for you to fast a certain amount of days. Woo! God's holidays, I ain't fasting. <laughs> a lot of stuff. God can challenge you in your faith. But he knows where you are. He knows that you may start in unbelief. But as, you, as long as you continue to let that word work in you, it will drive out unbelief and you will start to operate in faith. Just like he did for Zacharias, he'll do the same thing for us. And you, some of us can be like Mary. Now, Mary, hey, she just, hey, let it be to me according to your word. And some situations you may be like good like that. But there may be some situation where you may start out in unbelief. Oh, God, you told me to do what? I'll tell you right now. I may say too emphatic, uh, too forceful. Let me say it to you real calmly. If you keep walking with Jesus long enough, he's going to challenge you to the point where you're going to start out. like, I don't know if I can do that, God. But he ain't gave up on you, okay? He didn't stop there. You just keep going, and God will work with you like he did with Zacharias, and you will go from unbelief to faith. And don't don't beat yourself up because you started out in unbelief. You ain't the only one. I promise you, there are folks that uh, in the Bible days, like Zacharias, and there are people here today. They don't, may not tell you this, but I'm just sharing a little bit with you according to Scripture. You may start out in unbelief, but now you can operate in faith. And, and it could be a number of different areas, but never, never stop when you don't believe. Continue to go, continue to hear, and apply God's word, and you will operate in faith. Choose to believe. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at occvr.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.